to have the big picture of the holistic view of what Microsoft brings with the different security solutions is, to me, one of the most important steps to start with, actually. And, and I'm really saying start with because I also see a lot of customers that, that then get the, the feeling that when they have implemented the solutions, they are already less safe, right? And unfortunately, that's just a starting point because you then need to operationalize all that. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and active directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. My guest today is Alexander Benoit, the CEO of Denext PySec, an organization that provides threat protection, managed services, and incident response. Because he has deep insights into enterprise environments with up to hundreds of thousands of endpoints, he has a good global view of Microsoft-focused architectures. He's also MVP for threat protection, a certified ethical hacker, and community lead of Trust in Tech, and the host of the Greek the Geek Spreck podcast. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's good to have you on here. Before we I started the recording, we were chatting about the Microsoft security offerings that are out there and how things have changed recently. The idea of being able to run an entire security operations center using most or all Microsoft solutions and software. Is a relatively new concept, isn't it? What has changed in the last few years? What sort of, how has Microsoft changed its position or its strategic direction? When I get that question, I, I always, it is, I, I don't know why that is, but I always see my former boss, like two companies that I worked with before, having, I'd say he had tears in his eyes when the announcement was public that TMG will be deprecated. <laughs> Do you feel that pain as well? Do you remember that time? <laughs> TMG solution? <laughs> TMD solution, right, okay. TMG, yeah. yeah. Oh, the threat management gateway. Exactly. And and my boss back then, he said, that has been the only Microsoft security solution that I really had trust in. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> but he was right back then, right? I mean, there was a pretty nice Microsoft security solution uh, and, and we had it in really large environments back then I, I i was more in the data center area i did a lot of, lot of system center stuff but since then i mean everything has changed to be honest i mean microsoft is a security company uh, today and that is not because of recent circumstances on like major threats and impacts that they made this is also because of huge acquisitions that they made in the past talking about the different defender solutions and and how they how they made that zero trust journey really available for organizations no matter of their size i would say maybe help out let's say take somebody that is looking at the microsoft solutions broadly and of course as you so correctly pointed out in your hip session uh, just as you think you start to have these things figured out they go and rename the products again so maybe help explain what 
the the different solution families are in Microsoft and what they do. For example, maybe if we start with endpoint, what are the endpoint solutions? So if you if you allow it, I would I would try to address the naming first because the naming is the the most challenging part in getting everything clear. So Microsoft has a new product which is called Microsoft XDR. XDR stands for Extended Detection and Response, and XDR is a I'd say it is a it's just a, a claim. It's a name for the actual two product families that in, it includes, which is Microsoft 365 Defender and Azure Defender. Microsoft 365 Defender is, I think, the product that when talking or when when at the when we're at the security conference, I say maybe the majority of topics will be about because it includes stuff like collaboration protection with email, but also the Microsoft Cloud endpoint protection, including clients' endpoints, all operating systems, not only Microsoft, but also Linux and Mac. And of course, iOS and Android, which we just recently uh, yeah, figured out through news again, is so super important. And the last two parts are then identity protection on-premises, but also cloud identity, of course. And that leads into uh, cloud app security in, in a sense of, you know, everything that is sitting somewhere in the cloud, uh, uh, no matter if that is a SaaS service or anything else that people just use on their day-to-day uh, work. So that is Microsoft 365 Defender and Azure Defender closes the security posture in the Azure cloud, of course, with parts of, like, for example, SQL threat protection, but also container uh, stuff. And the two, I'd say, the last couple of days, most relevant topics, which is one, Azure Sentinel, is Microsoft's answer to a Seam solution, but cloud-native. And the other part, which has been a lot in the news in terms of topics and acquisitions in the last 12 months, is IoT with their acquisition of Refirm Lab uh, just lately, but also other acquisitions in in that sector. So so that includes the two product families, Microsoft 365, Azure Defender, uh, which they combine to Microsoft Defender XDR, or like I said, has the the extended capabilities. Let's talk a little bit about the Microsoft 365 Defender family, which is, I think what most, unless you're specifically targeted with Azure Defense, Azure Security, let's talk about how the M365 and how it it fits into folks that have Microsoft slash Office 365 subscriptions. So you mentioned Endpoint. Now, Endpoint itself has, is a product family itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's also a little bit challenging with with gathering it sorted when we're just talking about, for example, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, which is the the correct name for the capabilities that that mainly come out of the cloud. Formerly, it has been known as uh, Microsoft Defender Advanced Threat Protection, and, and there before that, it, it was called Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's challenging to stay to stay ahead, right? Um, no, uh, but this is, like I said, this is more the, the cloud-related part. And, and of course, I mean, in that, we do also have capabilities that are sitting on the endpoint itself. And Microsoft, 
framed it as Windows Defender, which has all the, the guards in it, right? Application guard, device guard, exploit guard, smart guard, you name it. What you're describing is the Defender that is built into Windows 10, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in the majority of cases, people just refer to it as Windows Defender as the antivirus solution. But of course, it is more than that. And also the split between what Microsoft then communicates as, for example, uh, next generation protection is also a mix between things happening in the cloud and on the endpoint. What's your opinion of the the capabilities of the built-in Windows Defender? Historically, people have said, oh, no, I'm not going to use Microsoft endpoint threat protection or antivirus security and all of that. Is that still the case? How capable is is Windows Defender? So first of all, I think it's important to state that the endpoint EVA antivirus is the last man in the line, right? So it is from the overall security posture that it provides less than 20% when it comes to sophisticated or advanced threats that we're seeing today. So uh, the, the just general antivirus. But here, I think Microsoft has done a great job in the last couple of years to bring antivirus in Windows Defender to a comparable level of of global uh, on a global scale with within the compete discussion of other you know antivirus solutions. So not only looking at Gartner but also looking at other security comparisons or evaluations. I think we're seeing over and over that that Windows Defender antivirus does a good job in the overall detection and also performance impact. And of course, configuration, but it has, of course, some challenges when just mentioning configuration that go align or that come along with the need of having Microsoft, for example, endpoint manager to configure it probably in an enterprise environment. And sort of what you're saying is the built-in Windows Defender has more than just antivirus and that antivirus now is a small subset of the threats that an endpoint has to be able to deal with. What else does Defender have? Briefly, what else does Defender have? Yeah, Exploit Guard, I think, is one of the most things that that are also mixed, right? So um, also when we're seeing evaluation, uh, like independent evaluations from other researchers or let's just say researchers, we're seeing that, that their chance because of that that renaming chaos is high to to mix up things and to compare apples and oranges, for example, right? So to mix up things, because also, for example, if we're talking to the, I think one of the toughest competitors, Microsoft, like CrowdStrike, for example, they have a modular-based approach in selling their products, right? And and this is when you're looking at the Microsoft yeah, licensing strategy, you're looking at the E5 license, there are still different ways on, on how to get a product, but it is generally speaking E5. But E5 then includes everything within the product, where, for example, other vendors, also Palo Alto, uh, for example, they have a solution that does the timeline feature, for example, but not the auto, uh, the self-healing, how it's nowadays called, right? The auto-investigation and response. And this is challenging to really understand, and especially uh, because here in the on the endpoint, when talking about exploit protection, a lot of features and capabilities are configured through the 
how we called it earlier, Windows Defender configuration parts than through Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. But this is, I, I think, an important step, attack surface reduction um, in general, uh, right? Because, I mean, we all know how important it is to, for example, be protected against things that come with Office documents. <laughs> uh, and also the last part would be stuff like Application Guard, like sandboxing, different capabilities that Microsoft did in Credential Guard, Application Guard, and whatnot. That I think is a one of the big advantages that Microsoft has as the vendor of the operating system, right? Right, and one of the so one of the things I, I hear you say in this is that and Microsoft isn't unique in this, but certainly a leading contender is that it's all about suites of products. It's about the platforms. You could buy things individually, but the encouragement is to really buy the suites that where the products interact with each other. Right. So even in the last years with that, we have looked into different other vendors, right? So to get our compete discussion on a, on a better level, we talked to different vendors and all of them said our products have, and, and I think that's a super clear uh, statement, the best capability when, when having different solutions of our software vendor together in, in, in place, right? So that would anyhow be a statement that I would make. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what about Defender for Office 365 then? So as we take, it's like we take the word Defender and we come up with how many different words can we put around it? <laughs> so let's put uh, Office 365 there. What is what is What does that do? Yeah, so the Defender for Office 365 uh, has, of course, different capabilities that, that come to the table. I think the most popular two parts is safe links, safe attachments. They're the general sandboxing of, of things that you have in your, that, that you have or should not have in your inbox. So sandboxing links, sandboxing attachments and, and scanning them included in Office, uh, Defender for Office 365. But also a lot of other capabilities, like, for example, the protection and, and detection mechanisms within uh, Office 365 in general in solutions like OneDrive, Teams, SharePoint, and whatnot. The anti-phishing capabilities. Right. Scam protection, stuff like that, yeah. Right, okay. And then what about, let's take the Defender word and let's take... <laughs> Yeah, let's call it Microsoft Defender. What about Microsoft Defender for identity? I'm not even aware of uh, another solution that, that fits into the, the identity protection so well than Microsoft Defender for identity. They, it's also a position that Microsoft has made a couple of years ago. Back then has uh, been called Advanced Analytics, has been an on-premises product that takes care on identity protection, um, mainly on the protection of on-premises identities through a sensor um, that you put on your Active Directory domain controllers. And then it detects stuff like uh, lateral movement, skeleton keys, but also uh, the print spooler uh, nightmare um, that we had lately uh, will be detected partially by the uh, Defender for Identity. Right, right. I was involved in back when it was called Advanced Threat Analytics, which was two, two versions ago, mm -hmm. uh, involved in some large-scale deployments of it. And it was deploying the uh the agents that do that monitor the traffic is is it's very powerful it's also very challenging and some of the aspects of that they have enriched this capability by also including adfs servers at least through uh solar winds and the understanding of golden summer attacks it was clear that 
uh, we have to, we need to have something on ADFS servers, right? That's what Microsoft had as an answer, even before actually. Okay, and so what about Microsoft Cloud App Security? I note that it does not have the word Defender in it. That's probably going to happen sometime <laughs> soon, but uh, that's that product has kept its name since the beginning. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, if you understand the history of uh, the product, then you will know why that is the case. Um, and I, I know that Microsoft people hate when people talk about that, but in general, the situation is the way that there are two departments that, that we're now talking about. One department is the Microsoft 365 department within Microsoft, and the other one is the Azure department. And from a product perspective, everything that we have talked about when, when um, elaborating the approach of Microsoft with the Defender is Microsoft 365 department. But MCAS has back then, when, when, they, when it was an acquisition, been acquired by the Azure department. Adalam, yeah, the Adalam yeah. acquisition. Yeah. And the, the situation that Microsoft is in right now is that this team is actually based in the Azure department, but from a product or even the product solution perspective, it is more in the Microsoft 365 area. And, and that, I think, has been a challenge internally for quite a while on how the, the strategy for Microsoft on a security perspective will, yeah, will be in the future. And this is, at least to me, a good example or explanation why Microsoft Cloud App Security hasn't changed. Talking about a product back then, uh, um, it has been a solution that, that you were able to connect to your proxy or firewall. And, and with these inside, um, it would have told you people who are using, for example, Google Drive or Dropbox or something like that. So, so back then, the idea of that solution was to detect shadow IT. Right. But, but the product in the Microsoft strategy didn't really play a big role because Microsoft is cloud first, right? And, and, and therefore, on a security talk, we would talk about, okay, this is zero trust, right? That we're going, which is the North Star, right? So Microsoft is right. trying to align everything into zero trust. And a zero trust or a, a Microsoft cloud app security solution that, that needs to sit behind the proxy or firewall has not, nothing at all to do with the zero trust approach. And what they did, and, and that was the big move, that was the, the point where Microsoft cloud app security from like zero impact out of a sudden had a huge impact they integrated the sen sensor or the data feed, let's put it that way, not only in the proxy, but also in the endpoint itself. So if you know that Microsoft Defender for Endpoint is an integrated service in, in the operating system, this sensor service was then, from then on, also available to, to feed data and information into Microsoft Cloud App Security. And, uh -huh. and from then on... Yeah, and from then on, um, things were really important to, to look into Microsoft Cloud App Security, which is still a product that is dramatically growing in features and capabilities because it has so many roles that it can take. It still is a good solution to control or to detect shadow IT, but it also got the capabilities while sitting on the, the endpoint to really control things that are leaving or accessing the endpoint. So we're not only, as it's now synchronous, we're not 
not only able to see, okay, this client is now connecting or, or, or trying to exchange files with Google Drive, we're also in charge to really say, no, Google Drive is not an application that we want to have in our enterprise SaaS offering. And we're sanctionizing or unsanctionizing this application in that sense. And, and, and this is the power that MCAS then got. That's really interesting. I wasn't aware of that because I'd worked with MCAS as, you know, as you said, with its you know, cloud service controls uh, and visibility and the ability and the, the ability to ingest firewall and proxy logs. But I wasn't aware that it also now ties directly into Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very powerful. And really, the the landscape that that MCAS can solve is is way broader than it, it it ever has been. Because, for example, think of ransomware. How how does ransomware work, right? So a, a lot of endpoint like. Think of WannaCry. That's the easiest example that everybody can picture. So an application that we haven't detected before does things on an endpoint and then connects to a remote destination like a, a remote uh, um, uh, internet address. And that, of course, with, with the, the power of MCAS having in place, could see while having the, the threat intelligence that Microsoft has, could say, okay, this is an IP address, a remote IP address that is somehow with a bad reputation or even malicious and we're cutting the, the communication between the endpoint and this remote IP address. So all that and a lot more is now in, in the power of MCAS. So it's really a, a massive solution in, in the overall security posture. That's fascinating. And then finally, uh, what about uh, Sentinel? Where does Sentinel fit in in all of this? Yeah, that's a good question, though. I mean, when we're talking about uh, Microsoft Defender or or even Microsoft 365 Defender as a product family. With every product, we're able to to feed data out of the Microsoft ecosystem to whatever we want. Like, I mean, we at the next we have people that are threat researchers that now help with um, some folks from cloud analytics to build dashboards with insights, right? So custom dashboards for customers which is a fair, fair thing, right? So just take the data out of Microsoft and, and do whatever you want with it. And, and one of the, the earliest things that we did with Microsoft 365 has been to, of course, and, and that um, still is unfortunately a big thing, pull data out of the Microsoft ecosystem and feed it into any SIEM solution, right? So that mm -hmm. is the approach that like the large enterprise organizations, that's what they ask us to do in the very first uh, meeting. Right, because they all have third-party seam. Exactly. They have Curator, Splunk, Oxide, you name it. But that, I think, even for Microsoft, has been a situation where they said, ah, this is, this is a bit unfortunate because not only that people lose the capabilities of, for example, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, the self-healing, the life response, and whatnot, we also think that we, as, the, as, as Microsoft, have a better approach on protecting the assets of a customer in, in the Microsoft environment. Let's talk about the, the first approaches to Azure, which have been infrastructure as a service or even the federation of identities. Of course, everything is in, in Azure. And of course, Microsoft said, I mean, we, all, we, we already have all the data. So why not build a big data lake, which actually the first approach of seeing was, right? A big data lake with a lot of connectors and really try to build automation capabilities on top of it. 
and and that's more or less and Microsoft folks will hate that, but but that's more or less what what Sentinel in the first approach, right? A big data lake with some parts of automation on top. But then, of course, I mean, making it a product uh, and and also having the comparison or the compete discussion with with other same solutions, they build all these um, yeah, needed capabilities, including then different you know uh, automation parts, but also lock shipping uh, capabilities to to be a full seam solution and and this is where microsoft is right now and also it has been a, a very important step when trying to bring more information than the microsoft ecosystem in context for example if you have a firewall solution uh, only working with microsoft 365 defender you would not have been able to bring together the information from the firewall with the information that you have from your endpoint. And here again, we have one of the use cases that Azure Sentinel solved. Okay, great. Thanks for the overview, Alex. Um, obviously, a lot of products, most of which are in name Defender, a couple of which that aren't. <laughs> um, so I guess the question is, given this to the outside of this Byzantine collection of solutions and capabilities, how would you... You know, let's say you're you're maybe you're part of a startup or a small organization, or maybe you're a reasonably large organization, and you say, "I want to begin using the Microsoft platform more because of these these integrations that you describe, whether it's you know between the the endpoint and threat intelligence, whether it's with cloud app security and all that sort of thing and Defender. Where would you start?" What, what would you recommend to an organization that had to get started with these products as, in terms of importance or urgency? Yeah, I, I, I get this question a lot, to be honest, and I always have a challenge to answer because to me, there is no clear yes or no. It's not a uh, white or black answer. What we're seeing is that there are, of course, different approaches. I mean, coming from the greenfield approach, what might be a different journey than if you have solutions in place and and are now thinking of deprecating one or the other by removing uh, or replacing it with a more advanced solution from Microsoft for example so i mean from the greenfield approach i would say yes let's let's go ahead let's build up the identity let's let's connect it with azure active directory with active directory and let's then talk about mfa conditional access and whatnot but there's another approach that that i personally find more smart in looking at the threats of the organization so i tend to recommend to our customers to start a journey with the endpoint because from our or my personal expect, uh, expectation or, or experience, I'd say that the the impact of, for example, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, while being rolled out to all the endpoints that are in the environment, client, uh, server, and, and and smartphone and tablet, is pretty massive. But also, I, I find it super smart to say, okay, no, we're an organization that is, you know, of course, we do have endpoints, but the majority of, of work or the crown tools are sitting in SaaS applications. Well, then let's go ahead and, and try to protect and harden our identity environment, right? With, with MCAS, with uh, Microsoft Defender for Identity. So there are, in my perspective, multiple ways on how you can kick off the journey. And I always encourage people to look for the threats first before deciding the path that they want to approach. 
So what you're saying is, but if you're looking at the endpoint solution, say Microsoft Defender for endpoint, you're contrasting that with using something like Microsoft Cloud App Security. But the power of Cloud App Security, as you described earlier, is tied into Microsoft Defender for endpoint, right? To have the big picture of the holistic view of what Microsoft brings with the different security solutions is, to me one of the most important steps to start with actually. And and I'm really saying start with because I also see a lot of customers that then get the, the feeling that when they have implemented the solutions, they are already more or less safe, right? And unfortunately, that's just a starting point because you then need to operationalize all that in addition. So maybe what you're saying is you need to bring them into a holistic view. Uh, mm-hmm. it, because right now, you know, out of the box, the endpoints don't share their information with anything. Um, so, so the idea behind Microsoft Defender for Endpoint and then how MCAS ties into that is to bring the client information that, that your hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of clients are experiencing mm-hmm. and bringing it into within the security ecosystem that of the organization. Yeah, yeah, that's again, and we're back again to zero trust, right? That's from a product perspective, that's at least what we need to build to to move into a zero trust architecture, where we handle each and every point, like the popular example, uh, as it it would be uh, located in a Starbucks Wi-Fi environment. As you say, and as you say in your HIP presentation as well, this is about holistically holistically viewing what goes into your security operations center. Yeah. To close this out, and this has been a fascinating and, and for me an enlightening conversation, describe where does, uh, and you showed this in your presentation as well, security.microsoft.com. What does that do? And, and, and actually, maybe if you can roll into this, the other complicated part of this, and I'm not saying that you have to go into detail because it's so hard, is the subscriptions and the, the ways... And I realize that's probably a whole podcast in itself, but let's start with just security. Uh, what's the security center or security.microsoft.com? Yes. I talked about Microsoft 365 Defender, and that's exactly what security.microsoft.com is. It is the one dashboard to rule them all, actually. And, and Microsoft will go ahead and deprecate the product-specific dashboards quite soon like the dashboard that we had with Microsoft Defender for Ent and also the, the dashboard for uh, Defender for Identity uh, will then finally go in the, the single dashboard that is Microsoft uh, security.microsoft.com. And here we will get exactly get what we're just um, working out the holistic view into the customers or the specific environment while having the insights into endpoint identity, but also everything around productivity. Right, okay. Um, and, and you're right, we could have an entire highly confusing uh, podcast to talk about the licensing <laughs> aspects of it, but maybe let's just talk about it in terms of, uh, we had discussed, talked about this earlier, how you, know, you can buy these individually or you can buy them in, in suites and what the Microsoft thinking is along those lines where you should be thinking? So I, I try to make it simple, though. You, there are three product lines. That is endpoint, 
identity and and of course yeah let's let's say uh, proactivity we have like i said windows uh, 10 e3 license which allows us to use windows 10 enterprise for example and here on top we can get the the upselling license which is the windows 10 e5 and and this is exactly the same for office 365 e3 to e5 and ems e3 to e5 so Windows allows us to use Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. Uh, the Office 365 license to use, of course, Microsoft Defender for Office 365. And EMS allows us to use Microsoft Defender for Identity and as well MCAS. So, so that's the, the most simple way on, on, to, uh, on how you can get to your licenses. But this is unfortunately also the way that I would never ever recommend to anybody because it's, you know, from a commercial perspective, the the uh, super uninteresting what we see a lot of organizations that are really looking for security are doing is that they get the uh, microsoft 365 e3 license and then get the uh, additional security sku on top so you can either then go ahead and get security sku or the uh, compliance sku uh, so that would be the recommended way and if you're willing to go for the full e5 uh, that would also that would include, of course, security and compliance, but also the voice and collaboration parts. That would be the Microsoft 365 E5 license. But there are there are different cool charts out there that we could maybe uh, add to the show notes or whatever to to uh, really get an idea of uh, which of the parts and capabilities are, are listed where and, and located, and 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 also the licensing that bring them into the environment. So I can. There's a PDF that I think uh, most of the people know, and, and uh, from a Microsoft, I think, uh, salesperson um, from I think England, as far as I'm right, has a pretty good overview. Well, I'm sure the uh, Microsoft solution providers would be very, very happy to explain this in depth to anyone that's interested <laughs> as a result of this call. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much, Alex. This has been very informative. It's a very confusing landscape. And if you haven't been following Microsoft's security journey religiously, and maybe even if you have, it's very confusing to make sense of. And I think this has really helped. Uh, clarify a lot of it, especially with your, your practical experience. So thank you very much. Let's get you on again and let's have you talk uh, a little bit more about security operations and how that's changing and that sort of thing. So. Thanks a lot for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com. That's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.